Good morning. Uh, it is good to see everybody. Uh, there is going to be plenty of space to say hi this morning, so you're going to have to yell. Uh, and uh, evidently, everybody decided this is the better side of church this morning. Uh, but uh, it's good to see you guys. We got a few announcements. Um, October the 18th coming up is uh, the last day to turn the backpacks in uh, to Beth for um, the backpack drive that we have. And that would be the October the 18th. Uh, the men's breakfast is October the 24th. And that has a sign-up sheet online. I also noticed that Joanne sent out um, in an email. There's an email that's coming out, and if you want to sign up, you hit the link, you press a button. It's super easy, but that way they know how much food to prepare and all the things that are going on. October 28th, um, they are having the, the big Kids Rock celebration. That's not right. They're having candy on the corner with the food truck. I can't see any of that stuff. I just got to go from memory, which is not going that good. But uh, And... Um, we are canceling this Wednesday night's service um, for the kids. It was going to be like a special kids rock. That's what uh, got canceled this week. So no Wednesday night service for the kids rock and no Wednesday night youth. So that is that. Let's stand together. We're going to pray this morning and we're going to sing. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house and, and just worship. Lord, we just thank you for um, all that you do for us and all that you're doing for this church. Lord, just continue to bless us as we um, start to have things on the calendar and start to reopen things um, and help us to do that in a way, <clears throat> excuse me, that is both um, safe and, and, and just glorifies you, Lord, in everything that we do. We just uh, ask you to come into this place this morning as we worship and sing and, and listen to your message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, now you can yell at each other and tell each other good morning and, uh, and you can take as long as you want to do it. Better than you, there's nothing 
bow together for a word of prayer for our offering this morning. Lord, thank you so much uh, for just, again, blessing us and blessing this church and us as a community. Lord, we have a, a lot of prayer requests that are, that are centered in our community here at church. Lord, we just want to lift all of those up to you, those who are um, doing tests and, and getting operations, Lord, and taking treatment and all of those things. Lord, we just want to lift those up to you. And in a couple of those cases, Lord, we ask that you do a miracle, and we know that you can do that. Lord, just, uh, just continue to be with us again as we have um, all of the seasons coming up and, and the weather's changing and all the things that are going on, Lord, and especially the things in the country and the things around this pandemic. Lord, we just ask you to come in and just relieve those and, and just get rid of them. And we just ask in, the, in your name, Jesus' name, amen.
So we're in Job chapter 2 this morning, and uh, I invite you to turn there. We started a new series last week called When Life Gets Tough, and uh, it does get tough sometimes. And uh, last week we were introduced to this man named Job, and uh, we learned some things about Job. Uh, We learned that he was a godly man. Uh, He was a family man. Uh, He was a, a prosperous man. Uh, then we read about just the unimaginable suffering that uh, came against Job. We noted some things about suffering. Uh, some, it can be undeserved. Uh, it can be unexpected. It can be unbearable. Uh, we noted that in Job's life, uh, all those things were true. And then we, we talked about some things about the sovereignty of God. And uh, we just, God's sovereign over creation. 
God is sovereign over all created beings, including Satan. And He's sovereign over the circumstances of life. And, and then we were amazed when, when everything was taken away from Job that uh, in verse 20 of, of chapter 1, he arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshipped. And uh, verse 22, in all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And so that was chapter 1, and uh, even more suffering is going to come in chapter 2. And so this morning, persevering through suffering... And I invite you to stand, and uh, we'll read uh, chapter 2. Again, I'm going to take this moment. Thank you all for coming out this morning. I uh, want to encourage you to make sure you're on our call list. Uh, so we put out a call yesterday that someone that was here last week tested positive. They got the results back on Friday, and uh, and just we wanted to take some extra precautions. And so we won't have our Bible study hour uh, you know, we're pretty open in here, get a little closer in our in our Bible study groups. And so for this week, we just want to take a few extra precautions. Some of you have asked, the family's doing fine. Uh, they did test positive, and, and so uh, obviously they're staying in. Uh, but uh, you can pray for them. And uh, just uh, want to maybe say, if you're not on our call list, please let call the church office. That's probably the easiest way for us to get out a message quickly. And uh, it's hard to reach everybody, uh, but we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we're going to take all the precautions we can as we go through all this. And uh, chapter 2, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with a loathsome sores from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? In all this Job did not sin against with his lips. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shushite, and Zophar the Namanite. They made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. Let's pray. Father, we come this morning, and uh, we want to, to learn a few things about suffering, and we pray you would teach us. We want to learn a few things about your grace and goodness, some things about your sovereignty, and uh, Lord, there's so many things that we don't understand, and yet we know you're faithful, and uh, we pray that uh, we'll learn some things uh, about suffering from the way that Job responded. And uh, we pray your spirit would, would minister to our hearts. 
uh, heal us, comfort us, encourage us, show us the gospel. Uh, we pray you do all those things in these next few minutes for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, since becoming a pastor, I have seen people go through suffering. Uh, as a church, I know this church has uh, had their share of tragedies, and, and some of you have experienced that. Sometimes it's untimely death or a, an accident. Maybe it's a child or a grandchild or a spouse or, or cancer or so many things. Uh, and I've heard people ask or say things like, I know God wouldn't allow this to happen. And sometimes there's a question after that, would he? And uh, there are tough questions sometimes. And, and the truth is, I don't know the plans of God. And, and we don't know what goes on in the unseen world. And uh, I know his ways are higher than our ways. And, and uh, his ways are perfect. I, I read that this morning in Psalm 18, verse 30. His, his ways are perfect. And it's okay. I don't, I don't mind having a conversation. It's easier to have a conversation on a Sunday than it is uh, have a conversation in the emergency room or, or something like that. Uh, so let's just kind of uh, point out from last week uh, what we know about Job. In Job 1 verse 2, he had seven sons and three daughters. In uh, verse 3, he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, lots of servants. He was the greatest of all the people of the east. And yet in, a, in just a blink of an eye, it was all gone. The enemy nations came and attacked his, and stole his livestock, killed his servants. Uh, a tornado type event struck the house where his children were and, and uh, they were all killed. And so Job is known as one who endured unspeakable sorrow uh, in his life. And, uh, you know, I, I doubt that Joe Osteen preaches on Job 1 and 2 very much because this is not his best life now. And it wasn't going to be okay. It was all gone. And then we come to chapter 2, and, and the suffering is not over. And so some of the events in chapter 2 are, are similar in form to those of chapter 1. Uh, we begin chapter 2, uh, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. The Satan also came among them to present himself to the Lord. And so from last week, the sons of God is a reference to angels, and uh, angels including fallen angels, uh, Satan, gathered to present themselves before the Lord. And again, the language here of presenting oneself is, is similar to that uh, used of a servant uh, who presents themselves before their master to either receive instructions or an assignment or to report on their duties that they had performed. And so then God asked Satan uh, another question. Uh, verse 2, from where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord, going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And, uh, and again, Satan is like a roaring lion. He's looking for those that he can devour. And, uh, and so as believers, we have to put on the armor of God so that we can stand against his schemes. And so from here in chapter 2, I want to just point out kind of seven, I've got seven things on the outline I want us to notice. First of all is God's presentation of Job. We saw this in chapter 1, we'll see it again. Have you considered, verse 3, uh, my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. And so if you haven't noticed, God is pretty high on Job. And I'm just thinking about verse 3 this week. Would, would you want your name in that verse? 
have you considered my servant Patsy or my servant Betty or my servant Harry? Would you, would you? And, and I don't think any of us would want to volunteer for the suffering. Uh, and so in that regard, we'd say, no, I, I, don't want, I don't want that. And yet what an honor or a privilege it would be for, to be noted by God as a servant of him, of his, who was blameless and upright, who feared God, who shunned evil. And uh, listen, God knows all of us. But he took note of this man named Job and his godliness. And uh, God is delighted by Job's response in chapter 1. And uh, Satan is a liar uh, in chapter 1. If you look back to verse 11, Satan said, But if you stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, he'll curse you to, to your face. And so that was Satan's accusation. And uh, did Job curse God? No. No, and so Satan is a liar, and I believe he was humiliated by Job's response. Verse 3 says, he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him for, to destroy him. And so, uh, I like that. God, God delights in Job's faithfulness. And I can say to, to those of you who are believers in Jesus, uh, when you go through difficult times, if you cling to God and you run to Him in the midst of your trials, God will delight Himself in your faithfulness. And uh, some of you, again, you've gone through trials and sufferings and, and you have lifted up the name of Jesus. And, uh, and th so thank you. Thank you for your example in those times. And I, I believe one day when, when all your trials are over and you make it to your heavenly home that you'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Uh, the way you lived your life and your response, even when it was tough. And so Satan had to eat a little crow, and yet he wants a, a second shot uh, against Job. And so the, the great accuser has another accusation against Job. In verse 4, uh, he, Satan answered the Lord, Skin for skin, all that a man has he'll give for his life. Stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and then he'll curse you to your face. Now, Satan knew some things about people, and uh, we know people will travel the world over to find a cure for a disease, and they'll spend a fortune for health, and, and, and Satan knows that, uh, that man puts great value on his health. And so he says to God, let me come against him, and uh, then he'll curse you. And so in verse 7, uh, well, we see two things. We see, first of all, God's permission to strike Job, and we also see God's protection of Job. That's the second and third point. God's per permission to strike Job and God's protection of Job. Both of these points are important. Uh, again, I want to take you back to last week. Job had to have permission to come against Job. Uh, Satan had to have permission to come against Job. He has to have permission to come against us. Satan is on a leash. He does not have free reign of this earth. He is under the hand of Almighty God. And so verse 6, uh, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. Listen, church, God is sovereign over life. The book of Acts says, In him we live and move and we have our being. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but that brings me a lot of comfort and, and peace in knowing that uh, Satan can come, cannot come against me unless my heavenly Father grants it. And if he grants it, Listen, he has a purpose for it, and he will see me through it. And uh, I'm, I'm certain of that. 
And so once Satan is granted permission to strike Job, he, he, uh, he, hits, him, he hits him hard. Uh, notice the grave pain of Job in verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck or smote or afflicted Job with loathsome sores to the sole of his feet, to the crown of his head. That's what Satan would like to do to all of us. He, he wants to devour us. He, he wants us to feel hopeless and helpless and even angry at God. And I, I don't know exactly what Satan put upon Job, but, but he, here is how he is described throughout this book. Inflamed, ulcerous sores, itching. Verse 8 says he took a piece of broken pottery to scrape himself as he sat in the ashes. Now he has loss of appetite, worms, running sores, difficulty breathing, bad breath, blackened skin, peeling skin, depression, unable to rest. I mean, we're going to read about all this as we go through Job. And this, so this was just this chronic grave pain. And Job is so disfigured uh, that when his friends show up in verse 12, it says they did not even recognize him. And so Job had already lost everything, and now he loses his health. He is experiencing grave pain. And then we meet in verse 9, Job's wife, and there hasn't been much said about her yet. And I just want you to bear in mind that she has experienced the same losses that Job has. I mean, she's lost all of her children, and this has been devastating. And so in verse 9, she has a, a genuine proposal for Job. She asked the question, do you still hold fast your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Now, I think we could probably appreciate her bitterness towards God. And again, she has suffered greatly with her husband. Uh, but can you imagine the agony of this comment uh, to Job? Uh, he has lost his sons and daughters. His wealth is gone. His health is is gone, and now his wife gives voice, really, to Satan's objective. And I, I just want to point out, you know, that Satan can sometimes use people that are close to us uh, to, to bring us down. Uh, we know that Satan tempted Eve and, and really led to fall. Adam went, went right along with it. Uh, we know that Sarah uh, convinced Abraham to kind of bypass God's plan for children and um, but 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 Job, uh, he flat, point blank rejects his wife's proposal. When you think about Job, uh, God had exalted him and blessed him, and uh, and God had this confidence that Job would maintain his integrity. Uh, but but Job's wife looks at that and just says, "That's that's ridiculous. Why even bother bother?" And she calls on Job to curse God and die. And, and that was Satan's objective. And that's exactly what she suggests to Job do. Uh, and so we look back in, in chapter 1 and, you know, Satan only spared four servants. And the only reason he spared those servants was so that they could bring that news back to Job that your, your livestock have been killed, your children have been gone. Uh, he spared four servants and Job's wife and... Uh, and now he's trying to use Job's wife as an instrument uh, to really stick the knife into Job's heart. And, uh, and so I, I want to just caution us before we get too hard on Job's wife. We, we have to wrestle with what our response to such a loss might be. Would we worship with Job or would we curse God with his wife? 
And then I want you to notice the, the guarded perseverance of Job. Verse 10. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Uh, James chapter 5, 10 and 11 offers some commentary on Job. It, it says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. We know the, the prophets suffered in the Old Testament. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure, who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And so we know that Job is known for his perseverance. He's, he's known for his patience, uh, one who endures through such terrible suffering. Uh, I, I want to point out a few things. Perseverance doesn't mean that you don't grieve. Listen, sorrow and tears and pain and grief, they, they all have their place in, in the Christian life this side of heaven. And uh, this world is broken and fallen and death and suffering is real and pain and sorrow, it can just punch you in the gut. I, I have felt that a few times where, where a, a death or a tragedy, just it just, takes, it just punches you hard. And it's hard to deal with. And there's just there's this overflowing of grief. And and uh, we notice that Job grieves and mourns, but not as one who has no hope. And, and through it all, we notice his submission to the hand of God. Verse Back to verse 10. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive, in the word there is ra, evil, or affliction, or adversity? We want the good from God, and yet Job says we, we receive that. Shouldn't we also be willing to receive the adversity and the affliction? Now, Job doesn't have the, the answer to all the why me questions. Uh, I'm sure he had lots of those, and we'll see some of those as we go through this book. But he knows that behind the trials stands the inscrutable wisdom of Almighty God. And the point of, of Job and going through Job is not to answer all the questions about suffering. But, but to help us to persevere, to trust God, even in the midst of pain and, and sorrow. Uh, and so I, I think I could say this with all of you, but, but none of us can probably understand anything like the pain, the misery that Job is dealing with. I, listen, I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest with you, I'm bad enough when I have a sinus infection. Uh, I whine, I'm like a... Like most of you men, I would. It's, it's awful, and uh, I don't know if it's ever harder to be godly when you when you don't feel good, and uh, it's even harder though when the pain persists, and uh, that's when we need God's grace the most. And so I was thinking about uh, Paul this week in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, he had this thorn in the flesh, and I, I never paid him much attention, but but he identifies it as a messenger. Uh, of Satan. Uh, and it, the, the word's the same, messenger the same as an angel, a demon of Satan, some, something of, of Satan, something that Satan brought against him, and he asked God to take it away, and uh, three times he asked him to take it away, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so God's power is made perfect. God's power is made complete. The word is teleo. It, 
God's power is made perfect and complete in our weakness because God's grace is sufficient in helping us to persevere against whatever comes against us. And so verse 10 says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Why? Well, Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, where does that strength come from? Well, it's not something we muster up ourselves. It's the strength of the Lord. It's, it's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so that's the key, church, to persevering through suffering is to run to Jesus and to find His grace and His strength and His comfort and His peace and His love. And so that, that, that's my prayer. When you go through difficult times and suffering, that God would just pour out and He will pour out in buckets His grace and His comfort and His strength. And then finally, the seventh thing is, is just gracious pity towards Job. In verse 11, we meet these three friends, and, and they give us an example. They, they kind of get off track as we go through Job, but, but here, they give us some, some examples. These, Job's three friends heard all the evil that had come upon him. They came each from his own place, and so we meet Eliphaz, Bildad and Zophar, and we're going to travel with them in the weeks to come. Uh, they made an appointment together to come and show him sympathy and to comfort him. And uh, they saw him from a distance. They didn't recognize him. They raised their voices and wept. They tore their robes. They sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. And so they heard about the adversity that Job was going through, and they, they left their home. That, that was a sacrifice. And they came together, and they came with the purpose of, of giving sympathy and comfort to Job. And five things in particular that they do, I think we could take note of. First of all, they came to him. Listen, it's all right to call the pastor. I, I want to go and minister too. But when you know of a need, then, then that's an opportunity or an invitation for you to minister to someone. And so they went to him. They wept with him. They tore their robes. They threw dust on their, uh, in the air and on themselves. That was a sign of mourning. And the scriptures tell us to mourn with those who mourn. And then they sat in silence with Job for a week. And they, and they don't say anything. They don't uh, offer any explanations. They just share in his sorrow. And uh, they got off to a good start. And I just want to say this. You know, sometimes the best thing we can do is just be there. Uh, and I've been pastoring about 20 years. And, and I often go and I don't have words sometimes. And I, I just want to be there. I just want to be a shoulder to cry on. Uh, offer a reassuring smile. A pat on the back. A word of encouragement. Listen, here's something I've found. Explanations never heal a broken heart. I mean, lots of times where I've been driving to a, to the hospital or someone's house, and and I'm praying, God help me, help me to know what to say, and you know, I just, you know, you feel so helpless. And uh, most often, when you get there, it's just you're just there, and God uses you, uses your presence there. And so you you don't have to have magic words, uh, but when we see suffering in others, it Hopefully it moves us to, to take action. And, uh, and so last week I, I said that if we're going to prepare ourselves for suffering, we, we must delight in God more than the stuff that He gives us, more than the people that He gives us. And, and Job was able to do that when he lost everything that was so dear to him. And, 
And when his suffering increased, and when he had this grave pain from, from his head to his toes, how did he get to a point where he was able to say, verse 10, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? Listen, that, that kind of faith is, is almost incomprehensible uh, in the eyes of, of much of the world. To face unspeakable sorrow and to know peace like a river is inconceivable unless to get through it and to have peace is inconceivable unless, unless our great God, our, our God who is full of mercy and grace, unless He has poured out grace upon us. And unless we are reminded that He came down to earth to rescue our souls from destruction, unless we think about the gospel, church, unless we think about the fact that we're sinners and we're separated from God and we're living under the wrath of God, we're on a road leading to, to hell, unless we realize that, that God stepped out of heaven to rescue us and that Jesus came to this earth and endured all that He endured, lived a sinless life and went to the cross and took my sin and your sin upon Himself and died in our place and, and was buried and on the third day rose again and defeated death and hell in the grave. Unless we remember the gospel and unless we recall that uh, His own suffering in our place on the cross and unless we remember that He is even now preparing a place for us and listen church He's preparing us a place and there'll be no more sorrow there'll be no more evil no more tragedies there'll be no more suffering there'll be no more pain He has gone to prepare a place for us listen something that gives me comfort is just remembering that we're going to spend a whole lot more time in eternity than we are here on this earth it's not even comparable church we so desperately need to have an eternal perspective on life. Now, unless we think Job's response is simply unrealistic, let me, let me share a story with you as we close. Uh, Horatio Spafford. Spafford faced financial disaster, somewhat like Job. He lost uh, all of his wealth during the fires of 1873 in Chicago. And Spafford sent his wife and four children to England. Halfway across the Atlantic, his ship collided with the SS Lockhorn. 200 people drowned, including Spafford's four children. Uh, when she finally made it to England, his wife uh, telegrammed the news with these words, Saved alone. Saved alone. And so when Spafford got the the message he took the next ship for England and as they sailed the captain uh, came by the place and pointed out the precise spot to Spafford where the ship went down and his children lost their lives do you know that it was in that spot where Spafford wrote these words when peace like a river attendeth my soul when sorrows like sea billows row whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And I just want to ask you this morning, is it, is it well with your soul? And if not, I want you to know there's a God in heaven who loves you. Man, He loves you like crazy. He loves you enough to send His only Son to, to save you. 
And he wants to minister to your heart and he wants you to come to him and find strength for your soul. And, and listen, he invites you into a real relationship with himself and he invites you to come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And listen, to those who may be weary and, and burdened this morning, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and, and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so I want you to know this morning that you're invited to, to come to Jesus, uh, and he will give you rest for your soul. Will you stand with me this morning as we prepare for an invitation? Father, we just want to re be reminded this morning of your faithfulness. And uh, Lord, we like to count our blessings. We like to name them one by one. We, we like to receive good from you. And yet it's so hard uh, when that good is taken away or when trials and, and suffering come. Lord, I, I pray that we might uh, have a right perspective on life, have an eternal perspective knowing that, uh, that the gospel tells us that, that Jesus came to take away our sins and to pay for them, and to provide us with eternal life. And that this life is not all that there is, that you have, that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, and, and one day He's going to come back and get us. And even now, He promises us grace and comfort when we need it. And uh, Lord, I pray that for someone here this morning who's going through a, a difficult time, that they'll run to Jesus. And find that bucket full of grace and strength and comfort. Everything they need, Lord, I, I pray they would find it. And Lord, if there's a person here that's outside of a relationship with Jesus, I, I pray that even through Job's suffering, the gospel shines forth. That you're a God who rescues your children when we come in faith to Jesus. And so bless this time, Lord. Minister to hearts. Save some, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if I could speak to you about a relationship with Jesus, I'd love to, or uh, I'll put my mask on. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll, I'd love to do that. Uh, you respond this morning as the Lord leads you.
Thank you for coming out this morning, and uh, if there's any way that we can minister to you during the week, uh, let us know, call the church, or stop by, we'd be glad to do that, and uh, we'll plan on being back on regular schedule next Sunday and having a Bible study again. Thank you again for your patience with us, and uh, Danny, I'll let you close us in prayer. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, on your way out, don't forget, like always, the Dollar Club, uh, the clear boxes, um, as you walk out, and that feeds our benevolence account also here at church, and that's been getting a lot of, a lot of action this week, so um, we really appreciate that. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for this message in Job, Lord. Help us to just uh, to deeper understand this book and the things that are going on inside of this book, Lord, and, and, and what's going on outside of the story, Lord. We just thank you so much for your, for your grace and your mercy and taking care of us, Lord. And just help us to learn from it and help us to just take everything um, in this book and just apply it to some of the suffering that we have and, and Lord, some of the suffering that we can, we can help people with. 
Lord, just be with us as we go throughout the week and help us just continue to spread the gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.